The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia for this Thursday, March 30th in Hong Kong, Wednesday, March 29th in New York. And coming up today, U.S. equities rise as risk appetite returns following turmoil in the banking sector. The FDIC mulls forcing big banks to help cover the almost $23 billion in cost from the recent bank failures. And China reportedly stations anti-graft personnel abroad in a new push to recover stolen assets. China has warned Taiwan and the U.S. about any diplomatic meetings for President Tsai in the U.S. The U.S. is urging China not to overreact. President Zelensky invites President Xi to visit Ukraine. I'm Ed Baxter with Global News. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, the business news you need to start your day in just one 15-minute podcast. Available on Apple, Spotify, the Bloomberg Business app, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning. I'm Doug Krisner. And I'm Brian Curtis. Here are the stories we're following today. The Fed Vice Chair for Supervision, Michael Barr, said that supervisors could have done more to keep tabs on Silicon Valley Bank before it collapsed uh, this, this past month. Uh, Barr is leading an internal review of the agency's oversight of SVB. He testified today before a House panel. Anytime you have a, a bank failure like this, uh, bank management clearly failed, supervisors failed, and, and our regulatory system failed. We're going to look as part of our review at not only our supervisory uh, issues, but also at the regulatory structure that the Federal Reserve put in place in 2019 and, and see whether the size thresholds we used, the standards we decided to put in place, uh, all of that is on the table. The Fed, the FDIC, and Treasury officials testified at the hearing. They also appeared open to the prospect of raising the current $250,000 cap on insured deposits. But they said that congressional action would be needed. Treasury Undersecretary Nellie Leong said that she'd support proposals for reform, citing a rise in uninsured deposits over recent years. Well, speaking of the FDIC, the agency is now facing nearly $23 billion in cost from those recent bank failures. And we are are told the FDIC is now considering steering a larger than usual portion of that sum to the nation's largest banks. More from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. The agency has set a plans to propose a so-called special assessment on the industry in May to shore up a $128 billion deposit insurance fund that is set to take hits after the recent collapses of Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank. The regulator, under political pressure to spare small banks, has noted that it has latitude in how it sets those fees. Sources say behind the scenes, officials are looking to limit the strain on community lenders 
by shifting an outsized portion of the expense toward much larger institutions. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. We could be heading toward a big issue in global currency markets. Bloomberg's Denise Pellegrini is tracking those developments. Bank of America says we could be headed toward a liquidity crunch in currency trading. B of A warns this could happen later this year as financial conditions tighten and economic growth slows. This month's banking crisis, as we've been reporting, has triggered some unusual volatility in major currency pairs like dollar-yen. B of A strategists say while those moves were far from crisis levels, volatility could ramp up again. They say the effect of bank credit tightening is still playing out. The economic cycle is likely entering a contractionary phase, and if inflation proves to be over really sticky. They say spot liquidity in currency pairs will likely be tested again. Denise Pellegrini, Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. Well, we know of the changes there have been over at uh, UBS and Credit Suisse. And now the chairman of UBS, Colm Kelleher, is saying he is keen to keep the most talented investment bankers at the newly acquired Credit Suisse. But he said they should expect to be screened for their fit with the bank's values and their approach to risk. There are clearly parts of Credit Suisse that have had a bad culture, right? I think primarily that was focused in the investment bank. And by definition, there will be some spillover into some of the control functions. But I think if I look at the Swiss retail bank, if I look at wealth management, if I look at um, other parts of the business, I think they're probably really quite clean. So, um, But we need to then look and see... What can we bring in? What can we merge? What makes sense? And we also had very big news today at UBS. The bank is bringing back Sergio Armonti to replace, uh, replace rather current CEO Ralph Hammers. That will happen as of April 5th. And we are hearing that Swiss regulators encourage the move to ensure a smooth takeover of Credit Suisse by UBS. China is said to be deploying anti-corruption officials abroad to bring back fugitives in stolen assets. Let's get the story from Bloomberg's Yvonne Mann. These officials are being stationed in some Chinese embassies around the world. The Wall Street Journal reports the officials will coordinate with foreign authorities on law enforcement matters. The move is a latest step in Beijing's campaign of tackling corruption. It's unclear which countries will be involved, but it's thought to include many G20 nations. The journal wrote that the new plan does risk raising alarms in host countries, especially those in the West. In Hong Kong, I'm Yvonne Mem, Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. I'm Brian Curtis, along with Doug Krisner, Rashad Salamat will join us in a few moments. So the banking turmoil story continues to run here, Doug. It doesn't seem to be causing strategists to make changes in their forecasts. And uh, the story that we're running on the terminal, which is pretty interesting about whether or not this is just the dough caught in the headlights or whether or not they, or they're just finding it difficult to formulate some sort of new thesis, whether it's more of a micro than a macro story, and exactly uh, trying to figure out what has happened to, to, to effect change. I think that that view is in the market. And also the view, I think Priya Misra was able to articulate this pretty well, that the market may be underestimating the degree to which the Fed is going to have to cut rates. I thought that was kind of curious. And if you look at what was going on in markets today in the bond market, very little movement. A two-year that has been recently trading almost like a meme stock. We've talked about that, Brian. Today, we were only up about two basis points in New York trading. Even with the, the level of risk appetite in the equity market, I would have expected a little bit more movement among treasuries. 
Yes, absolutely. And, you know, that carries through to uh, the stock market as well. I think both markets are having a, a difficult time here in figuring out what comes next. Uh, if you look at the S&P 500 year to date, it's up a little under 5%. It's not a huge move. Yes, we've seen tech outperform, but overall, the market has not made an enormous move. And it's frustrating both bulls and bears in both markets. They would expect probably to see more momentum. Well, we do have coming up Catherine Rooney Vera, uh, uh, someone we can talk to about some of these uh, trends, chief investment strategist at Baltic Capital Markets. But now it's time for global news. China has warned Taiwan and the United States that any meeting while President Tsai Ing-wen is in the United States, if it involves her, would be a serious provocation. Ed Baxter has global news from the 960 Newsroom in San Francisco. Ed? Yeah, that's right, Brian. Uh, President Tsai left Taipei yesterday, bound for New York on a plane guarded by F-16 fighters as it headed over the Pacific. So in New York today, and the plan has been for her to meet with Kevin McCarthy, House Speaker, while in Los Angeles after McCarthy canceled plans to go to Taiwan himself. She'll later meet with two allies in Central America. Now, China says it opposes the visit and will definitely take measures to respond. The U.S. is urging China not to overreact. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby says this is just a transit. Transits are not visits. They are private and they're unofficial. I would also remind everyone that this is not the this is not new. And Kirby says she's traveled through the U.S. six times since 2016 and has met with members of Congress without any incident. U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin has told a House hearing today that he does not feel a China attack on Taiwan is imminent or inevitable. He's uh, adding that uh, having said that, the U.S. and Taiwan need to maintain a combat ready credible force. While visiting the front lines in Bakhmut, uh, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky says he wants to meet with China's President Xi Jinping. I want to speak with him because I have con- I had contact with him before full-scale war. He invites him to visit Ukraine. Banking crisis regulators, congressional hearings today in the U.S. moving to the House of Representatives. A Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins says the regulators seem to be, a, well, a bit more reflective today. I was really focused today on whether the FDIC could have done more that weekend uh, right after Silicon uh, Valley Bank collapsed. Could they have found a private buyer? Could they have found something in the private sector that would have kind of kept the bank going to some degree? I think there were some concerns how long that wound up taking. Meanwhile, I think for a lot of Republicans, there are some questions about what needs to happen with the FDIC. And Bloomberg's Rick Davis on Bloomberg Sound on Radio says these hearings seem to be bipartisan and that they may feel it's time to catch up to the times. We've seen this in crypto. We've seen this in other derivatives. We've seen this now in the banking system. We have a federal government that is still in the 20th century while they're regulating businesses that are pushing the envelope in the 21st century. So we'll see where it goes from here. U.S. is urging the European Union and other allies to sanction a Chinese satellite company for allegedly supporting. Russia's military operations, actually sending images of Ukrainian troops to the Wagner Group to be able to attack. Global News, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in over 120 countries in San Francisco. I'm Ed Baxter, and this is Bloomberg. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street. 
the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. I'm Brian Curtis, along with Rashad Salamat. And our guest is Catherine Rooney-Vera, Chief Investment Strategist, Baltic Capital Markets. So you're a strategist. You probably heard us uh, musing over how strategists haven't changed their targets much. The banking turmoil story, is it a big impact story or a low impact story? You can get all kinds of opinions from many different strategists. They really uh, can go from this is a, a non-issue to this is a, you know going to induce the next um, large crisis and recession. You can hear people saying the Fed is going to cut or the Fed is going to have to continue to hike as a result. So what I would say is that we don't know yet. Uh, my perspective is that the Fed has to continue to focus on inflation. I do think, uh, Brian, that more likely than not, um, the lending standard, the tightening of lending standards that that we should expect to continue to happen from this fallout will aid the Fed in its goal to get inflation lower and perhaps take um, 25 to 50 basis points um, off the table that they may otherwise have increased. Hmm. So what do they do? I mean, surely it's a bit of a wake-up call, because no matter what your opinion is on what happened uh, to the banks, there are strains caused by the cost of borrowing going up and an inverted yield curve, which has made life very difficult, and you don't want that to continue, surely? Yeah, that's right. And I am not with um, the strategists that are recommending both banks in, in broad terms and tech as sectors to play right now. There are some buy-the-dip um, type of investors that are making um, a nice profit off of some of these um, some of these volatile moves and these rapid swings in the market. Um, but I still believe that this is going to induce and actually um, probably bring bring forward the recession that I think is uh, the next phase and the inevitable phase of this economic cycle. So what I'm recommending to to our clients, both institutional and retail, is to maintain cautious positions with regard mm. to equities, remain overweight, fixed income, gold, and cash. Uh, and if you are a dedicated equity investor, um, I'm in the camp of remaining in uh, uh, staples, energy, uh, state uh, um, and specifically um, utilities. So and we have all these well. we have all these levers on tightening up conditions uh, in the financial markets. Uh, not only the new interest rate hikes that the Fed's doing, but the cumulative weight of the you know the long and variable lag of the rates already done. You've got QT that's sort of running in the background, and then as you mentioned uh, a moment ago, uh, tighter lending conditions. But I, I understand that the bulls say that don't worry too much about the tighter lending conditions because there's still a lot of cash left over from the stimulus. Uh, we know what the bears are saying. It's the cumulative weight, but the bulls have an, uh, an answer to it. Yes and no. I mean, that's evaporating quickly. Um, you can see consumers are re-leveraging. 
Um, I think it's, I'm, I guess, more in the bear camp. I think that that's mm. not the environment that we should be in at this point. There's massive dislocations in the economy and in the markets at this juncture that have to become unwound. Uh, the labor market is still remarkably strong, even though, uh, even though we are seeing some, t- some, some signs of a deceleration therein. Um, inflation is still a major issue. You have sticky inflation that's trending higher, service sector Not inflation lending. that's remarkably, remarkably high. So, yeah, uh, sorry, that was just uh, uh, Rish and I talking <laughs> as you were finishing your line. <laughs> sorry sorry right. about that. Rish uh, has got a question for uh, you. Uh, I, I, do you sure. think that a recession, with the noise of there being uh, possibly a recession, getting louder and louder, in your opinion, will there be one? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. When everyone when everyone says it, probably it doesn't happen because consensus is generally <laughs> generally wrong. I tend to be a contrarian, so I wouldn't I wouldn't go against that thesis. But I do think that you know we we have to consider that. Um, that this time is really not different. They, it usually isn't. You know, we economic cycles have their ups and downs, but they are by nature cyclical. Uh, we are in stagflation, which by definition is below trend growth, below potential trend growth with sticky high inflation. That's what we're in right now. And if I'm right, and I think um, I think that the, that the leading indicators are indicative of this, and the labor market does, in fact, roll over, um, you're going to see a drop in consumption. In an economy that's two-thirds based on consumption, the next phase of the economic cycle is not going to be, you know, we haven't seen the trough here. It's not going to be expansion or reacceleration or this no-landing scenario that some people were postulating a few weeks ago, which I always thought was silly, or this immaculate disinflation, which at some point became, you know, the zeitgeist. So, so I think that, yes, we're in stagflation. We're moving to recession. The question is timing. Does it happen at the end of this year, at the beginning of next year? I think it starts at the end of this year. I think it goes into 2024. The Fed doesn't cut this year. I think they cut next year. Um, the Fed has finally gotten serious with regard to inflation fighting because it realized that it has taken a hit in its credibility and and it's going to um, claw that back. Um, that's my view. And I don't I'm not with the guys that think that the Fed is going to be cutting this year with inflation above the target. Yeah, but Catherine, too, actually what uh, I think uh, Brian was alluding to in his question, and that is that uh, with credit conditions where they are right now, uh, liquidity where it is, you know, trying to get a loan is going to be much harder. Collateral is going to be more collateral is going to be needed. Spreads are going to be higher. Rejection rates also will be going to the uh, upside as well. And that's going to have a big, big impact in terms of investment and the like and the whole uh, velocity of money and uh, the economy itself. So surely that's why we possibly are heading more towards a recessionary camp than we weren't before. Yeah, those who perhaps didn't think that we were going to move into recession or that was the next phase of the economic cycle probably have joined our camp, which says that recession is an inevitable part of an economic cycle, and that's what we're moving to. So yes, I would agree that it's increasingly consensus. I would say that the majority of economists now believe that we are we are moving into recession, if not already in one. And I think that this banking crisis, if we're calling it that, I think that's debatable as well, has accelerated the timeline with respect to that contraction in aggregate demand. But we should expect it to come. And I'll finish with one point, which is that that's not the Fed's job, nor is it the federal government's job to deter that natural phenomenon from happening. It's not their job. The Fed has a dual mm-hmm. mandate. Uh, it's you know price stability and full employment. So it's not yeah. to extend the economic cycle. It's not to bring back a bull market. 
it is to get inflation back to the target, which they might change at some point, but it's way too early to be talking about a change in the target with yep. inflation uh, more than double um, okay. said target. You, you, you've mentioned recessions coming and that you've got a defensive posture like health care and yes. staples and, yes. and utilities and such. Uh, uh, what, what about uh, something like gold? Does that fit into the picture? Yeah, of course, I'm going to have gold if you, if you kind of get my drift. I, I like gold. I like cash. I like cash equivalents. I mean, you had uh, at the beginning of this year, I was talking about commercial paper at 4.7%, um, T-bills, three-month, six-month, nine-month, you could get at a 5 5% handle. That's, I mean, these are cash instruments, m- money markets. So this, this is where I, I had a lot of our clients positioned in cash, cash equivalents, in gold. Yeah. I think it makes sense. And oh, I think if boy. we're dedicated in equities, we have to be in, in the defensive sectors, not in the high flyers. The rotation at the beginning yeah. of the year, I think, was premature. All right, Catherine. Uh, yeah, you're pretty nervous, uh, pretty careful, I'd say, and pretty bearish. Catherine Rooney Vera with us, Chief Investment Strategist at Baltic Capital Markets. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, your morning brief on the stories making news from Hong Kong to Singapore and Wall Street. Look for us on your podcast feed every day on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each day on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Join us again tomorrow for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.